This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird! It's a plane! mission to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. I can't get over this. So the only thing left to say, of course, is the one obvious thing. Excelsior! Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Hit the wrong button there. Hey, <laughs> happy Tuesday, everybody. You're watching Splash Pages, powered by the Dorkin and Podcast Network. We have a killer show for you, but as always... Velvet Joker, how's it going, bud? It's going great. How's everyone doing out there tonight? Uh, we're going to have another great show. Uh, we're going to be talking about a local show that we've talked about here on the con before, Terrific Con, which is at the Mohegan Sun the last weekend of July, and we have a great guest with us, And uh, but I'm going to pass it over to Drew before we announce our special guest. Oh, uh, are we on? Okay. Oh, we're on, Drew. Okay. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back to us at Splash Pages. We've got a great show. Captain America White, Mitch Halleck's here, and a lot of craziness. Missed you guys. You let the cat out of the bag. What the heck? I know. Right. Yeah. Well, joining us today, the most awesome, honorable Mitch Halleck. How's it going, sir? No, it's Captain America, for God's sakes, man. Oh, Steve Rogers. It's Steve Rogers. We have Steve Rogers in the house. I don't have yeah. the right cap hat It's because it's got the, the lame one with the ear thing, so my glasses aren't fitting right. So. <laughs> <laughs> this never happens to Chris Evans, I'm telling you. Revolting development. Revolting development. Hold on a second. Just roll them up. There we go. There you go. There you go. Well, they already yeah. know who it is, though, because Drew ruined it. They know it's I'm not. Sorry. Yeah. Please let me go to the con. Uh, you kiss that goodbye now. Have to go oh, somewhere else. Damn it's it. all over now. <sighs> I got to go right. to New York now. Look, it's me. There he is. Wow. But yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we got a great story actually, in honor of Mitch because uh, he loves Captain America. I mean, Thor. Because he loves of Thor. Thunder. Yes. Yes, oh, is Walt Simonson coming this year? No, he's on vacation with Louise this week. This year. The nerve. I know, right? It's the problem with these people that COVID, they all want to go out and have a vacation now. I'm like, hey, what about us? He's like, nah, next time. So 
It was yeah. it. Hold on. I gotta put my power. There you go. I don't want to run out of power in the middle Speaking of the Speaking of that, I'm pretty sure what we're, we're, you're closing in on, what about 100 guests there, uh, Mr. Howell? Oh, past that. Trust me. I've, I've seen the hotel bill. It's a lot yeah. of people. My wife, Sharon, she says, uh, you got enough people? I go, no, there's always more. There's always more. And there is. And honestly, the only thing stopping me is I'm running. I've run out of space. You know, space is supposed to be unlimited. The final frontier. Not when it comes to a convention. There's only so many booths, so many tables, because you don't want to pack them in like sardines. You want people to actually have a chance to move around and talk and socialize. And you don't want to be a jerk. And trust me, I'm not that money hungry where I'm like, oh, every freaking quarter has to have a booth sold. I need the money. <laughs> Whatever. Mm, yes. If I, I wonder, start to I become that way, way, Rich has permission to put a stake through my heart like a greedy vampire. Yeah. <laughs> He would. He would. I, I I thought we were just gonna drop you in ice till we find a cure. You know, you know, wake up now, fifty years later and you'll still want to play in the con. You know, Captain America style. Mm-hmm. You know what's up? Okay. I'm already working on next year's show. That's actually becoming the craziness. Actually, getting a break in between these shows. So well, and so you're doing Terrificon. You're doing uh, CT Gamer, Gamer Con. con yeah. Uh, and you got a third one in there, right? I I yeah. We go back and forth. I don't know. It gets tiresome. Love that. Cons will get tiresome. The planning gets tiresome. I mean, to be perfectly frank, that's the boring part. I love the creative stuff. I love doing this stuff. I love promoting it. I love going to conventions. I love doing all the ham, you know, because I'm a you know big performer like P.T. Barnum. I don't like all the de- the details, the ordering the plane tickets, the the booking the rides from the airport to the hotel. That's the stuff that's just like watching paint dry. But it has to get done. So yeah. well, you have two kids that just graduated. You could bring them into the fold. Well, one is working in New York City. So he's got a full-time job. And the other one, yeah, just graduated last month, but he's already talking to jobs down in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there goes okay. that. There goes the plan to have your own workforce. It doesn't work. Well, you can work remote for you. You know, everybody's working remote nowadays. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Mitch, you need a team of interns that you oversee. You know what? Somebody told me that last week. I was at the uh, Hartford Yard Goats, Dunkin' Donuts Arena, or whatever it's called, Mm -hmm. stadium. And Mm -hmm. I was there, set up the table, and Sharon, my wife, came, and Owen was home from college, so he came. And I had the booth set up, and I was giving out flyers and T-shirts and all that. And one of the, uh, the promoters over at the Yard Goats said, you should get interns. You should go get some college interns to do all this stuff. You're, you 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 shouldn't be the guy out here, you know, meeting people and doing all this stuff. But it's like, no, that's the stuff you want to do. But they should I know. Do the menial stuff like the booking of the flights and the that stuff, yeah, researching yeah. and shit. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty smart. Well, I get a kick out of it when people come up and say, "Hey, I've been to your show for ten years, and oh, I you know this. Is, I went there, and this guy was there. I love all that." We just start talking about who they met and who they liked and who they want to see. That's fun. That's the fun part of it all. Yeah, because you're creating memories. I know, right? So weird. I'm like the Tyrell Corporation. I'm making memories and planting them in people's <laughs> replicant brain. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Anyway, so I'm so you're talking about you're well, talking sorry, about uh, oh, no worries, no worries. Uh, you mentioned you're you're already planning next week uh, next, or next year next, next year's year uh, next, next year next year. Uh, so what goes into the planning uh, part of it, like like that you're starting so early? You you want to hear something that's even nuttier? I have a guest that promises he'll come in 2025. Really? Yeah, it's somebody really big that you all know. 
and he's doing some movie stuff and he says i will be available in the summer and he, we already agreed upon it so i'm not going to say it but I, that's how weird it is i'm like oh my god that's like how many years well you know what it's only three years from now so it seems like it's yeah. a far away thing but it's as far as empire to return of the jedi for us old folks when we used to grow up and have to wait three years between star wars movies so it'll be here before yeah. you graduate um i'll be here after uh ghostbusters too i know yeah thank you <laughs> what so is, is there a series of spreadsheets every year like going forward Yep, there's spreadsheet, which again is not my forte. I'm a Photoshop guy, not an Excel guy, but I have the columns and I have the prices and I have the names and I got to coordinate mm-hmm. everything. You know, mm-hmm. I don't like that Excel stuff, but yeah, no, 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 no. That's what it is. Like we just mentioned Simonson couldn't make it this year because they got a vacation plan. So I already got the dates for next year. So we're going to get them for that. Beautiful. And there's nice. other people that are like that. They're just like, Hey, I'm sorry. I got family obligations this year, but I'll come by next year. So. Right. But what, what a great couple and that you have Mitch. I mean, you, you were just a comic book fan and now you have a relationship with all these huge artists. Yes. Um, not just artists, celebrities and everything. Yeah. How does that feel? Yeah. Uh, you know, Honestly, I'm going to tell you, I miss uh, the old Mitchie fanboy. I really miss that person mm-hmm. because once you see how they make the sausages, you don't eat hot dogs anymore. And not to say it's a bad thing. It's just that, like you said, I used to, and I still do. I hold these people on a, a you know, on a pedestal and I look up to them and all that because they're my heroes. But it is something yeah. awkward when you suddenly on a first name basis and you sit down, and you have dinner with these people and you go to their houses, some of them, and they, mm-hmm. and they see you casually and they, they email you and they, they ask how your family's doing and stuff. It's nice. Don't get me wrong, but it's so strange because I lived for decades as the guy on the other side of the rope and the other side of the table waiting in line, right. hoping to get a chance to get a scribble or an autograph or maybe yeah and now that you're on the other end it's uh it takes a lot getting used to it does and then and 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 i can't pick up like a book here because i'll say oh oh yeah roger did that book roger stern oh and then you know ron did that book and it's ron garney it's because you're all like it's like if i talk to you i'm like oh it's rich it's leo you know it's you know we know each other but you know drew i kind of avoid because of the training order but uh hey it's fine we're, we're we're getting there buddy no, it's really weird. And then you know what? The other thing that is true, it's like I love just talking like what we're going to do tonight about the comics. I, I miss all that. I miss just going to stores and, and comic little comic cons like Cliff's Con and just bullshit with folks about comic books and, and artists and writers because you, you, you can't say certain things. I mean, I can't. Oh, this guy. Oh, he said this guy sucks. And then they'd be like, oh, you know, he can't be a guest at your show. So mm-hmm. there's a little weird like trade off to do and all this stuff you know you can't you, you lose a little freedom when it comes to that but well, you know. yeah and, and and it's funny because i've had a conversation like that with people as well and i think i always equated it to it's like when you admire a magician doing a trick and then you want yeah. him to teach you how to do the it's trick kind of trip. so then yeah. and you know and you can do it but you lose that reverence that awe yeah. of the magic magic gone. yeah yeah, exactly. You know, it's still cool and it's still awesome. And then you kind of can do the same thing now to a certain degree, yeah. but you envy them because they still have that that um, ignorance, that bliss. Yeah. So and there's, yeah. certain, and there's and there's certain people that I've had at my show who I've known now actually for like 30 years actually, and they always mm-hmm. you know they they talk about what they've done. Oh, it's just a job, you know. And I hate hearing that. 
because to me it's not i mean to me this is like something this is more than just a, you know pen and ink on paper and some typewritten story this is like it means something it has value and it has like memories and you you learn something and you know each book has its own little magic to it but when you find out somebody's mm-hmm. like, ah, that was just a job. You, that's like, oh, really? Well, you know, a doctor mm-hmm. operates on somebody who saves their life. That's a big thing. Oh, to yeah. him, it's, it's just a, you know, once you start getting that jadedness, it's like, ooh. They just yeah. Stop. Yeah. We, we had an interview not too long ago, Mitch, with uh, Joe St. Pierre. And yeah, I know Joe. He's still yeah. such a cool fanboy. And I know he's going to be there this year. He's going to be at the show, yeah. Um, He's still yeah. such a cool fanboy and he still loves it and has passion for it. Yeah, no, and Joe does. He's got his creator own, but is it called Vortex? I'm trying to think. He's got his own like Zodiacs or Zodics. Or oh, Zodiacs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and that's the other mm-hmm. fun too. I've known these guys for so long now. I know all their side projects and their own creator own stuff, like Chris Campana. I know his stuff and some other folks there. So you see them working on, you know, Marvel characters, which are cool, but that's not them. That's just a licensed product that they got hired to do. Then when you see them doing right. their own creator own stuff, it's kind of cool because that's more intimate and that's that's more like the real artist or writer that you know. So that's right. that's been a fun fun part of the job watching guys develop their own style and their own stories over the years that that's been a really 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 fun thing i've seen people that have come to the show since trumbull since i found pictures of you and me rich from the trumbull show the other day both of us had better hair it was darker logan was there he was mm-hmm. dressed i think he was dressed as hellboy with the the satan glove or whatever the hell that thing yep called. yep i remember making that and, uh right. you were the joker obviously yeah and uh man oh man and there's an interview with me saying oh we'll just keep doing this and maybe we'll do a, a three-day show or a two-day show and Maybe we'll get some movie stars. Who knows where it's going to go? And then they go, wow, that was just 10 years ago. And it doesn't seem that long, but it seems light years from where we are now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and now yeah. Mitch uh, Logan's nineteen now. And, I know. Uh, I know. We were, we we're just talking, and he's uh, he's he's going to about to do his health assessment for the Navy. He's all excited. Oh wow! See, yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, he did, yeah he did like well, six six months retail, eight months restaurant work, and was like, nope, I need to focus on my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why we we love these comics and stuff because they keep us forever young. You know, as I sit here with my Hulk toys and all that stuff here, I know deep down I'm fifty five. I know I'm a grown man. And I shouldn't have an alien toy right here because, you know, I'm a grown man. But I, I get a thrill whenever I see this stuff, whenever I go to the comic store every Wednesday. I get that tingle that never went away since I was a kid. I so, uh Big big question. Uh, my 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 wife uh, riffs on me about all all the stuff I have. Does your wife do the same thing? Does she come into your your you know your dorkdom and say like my oh, wife God. says everything's staring at me? You know. Oh yeah, she, her Peloton bike is right over there, about ten feet from here, and she hates working out down here because she's trying to do her workout, her video, her yoga, and surrounding her are Indiana Jones and Han Solo and Captain America all glaring down at her as she sweats and stuff. <laughs> you know, speaking of Leo, am I ever, are we ever going to get to meet Mrs. Pond? I feel like, again, you've talked about her, you've built up the legend of the, the, the keeper of the, of the Leos. She's your um, Vera, the same shears, you know, but like, is she can like, it's the same thing like with Rich with Harley, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, like, again, I, 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 <clears throat> I'm at a bit of a loss because Rich, you've met Angie, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. you know, um, and on, this is now the first con where I actually will know Mitch and I can say him by now. See, I can say him by first name. I can be, thank you, Mr. Halleck. This is a wonderful con. No, you can great. still I'm, call him Mr. Halleck. I didn't say you <laughs> <laughs> 
few more years, Drew. A few more years. It's, it's going to take yeah, a while. Yeah, I know. I know. I got to get used to this. Um, well, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Rich's uh, Rich meter, he's going to be uh, bunking over here. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm bunking Friday into Saturday night on Leo's couch, so I'm going to meet Mrs. Pond. So I'll, wow. I'll get all the deets for you, Drew. Oh, yeah, sweet. But, you know, uh, table talk tomorrow, that next day. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, since we'll have everybody together, you know, we should like get dinner or something, you know, just. Uh, I saw Leo. I saw Mrs. Pond after GamerCon. Oh, yeah. We came. We we were just finishing our GamerCon show Sunday night, the whole crew. And I was so tired. And I go up to Lansdowne and there's Leo. Hey, I'm like, oh, God, man. Hey, man. Hey, <laughs> I got right. stalked last week at a Barnes and Noble. I haven't been to a Barnes and Noble for years. I mean, since like before the pandemic. And I'm like, oh, let me go check the Milford one out. I haven't been there in so long. And I was dropping off flyers at GameStops and all that stuff. So I go in there and I'm there and I'm looking, of course, right at the comic book section, the graphic. Now I have all these books. I mean, why? Why? But there's something about just being there and you see all these shelves and you just want them all, but you you don't need them all. And I'm there and I see at the corner of my eye, somebody looking at me and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And then he goes, are you looking forward to Terrificon? And I go, yeah, I, I recognize you. I follow you on Facebook. I'm like, oh, God, no. And then I had it. It's nice, but it's creepy and it's weird sometimes. But uh, I had to do it. He wanted a selfie with me, which I get really awkward. And I'm like, why? And then, you know, he says his mom was a big fan and they go every year. And Sharon kills me. My wife yells at me. She goes, that's your customer and you'd be nice to them but rich knows me i'm a little like what's going on who are you yeah mitch i I know it's it's hard to take but you are like a local legend to the nerds no 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 no. not only that everybody loves you rich you know it's you're definitely well, you a hardcore artist. Last month, uh, oh, Mitch, give me free tickets. Remember me? Oh for- well, that I lose it uh, because in high school we used to hang. Uh, yeah, I get. Oh yeah, you get the people you haven't seen in twenty or thirty years. Yeah, we used to know, be a PTA meeting together. Or, or so, yeah, suddenly cons are cool. So like, hey, can you know? I'm like, oh, I had one of the kids Ooh. I remember distinctly in high school. Hey, we got in a fight because I was reading comics. He called me, you know, dork, a loser, and all that stuff. And he wrote to me mm-hmm. and said, oh, I saw your billboard on the highway. I told my kids I knew you from high school. Hey, they really like comics and Spider-Man. Any chance you can hook me up? Come on, it's for you know your old Notre Dame high school pal. And I'm like, are you no. effing kidding me? <laughs> I was like, "We don't you remember? You like sp- you literally spit on me. Literally spit on me in sophomore year. And now he wants something for free. And I was like, yeah. delete. Delete. I can't, I can't forget certain things. So, you know, that's the Italian in me. You know, you're like, what did you say? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, yeah, that's that's a little crazy. Speaking about you talking to me, Dan Fogler, holy shit, man, he did oh, a yeah. great job. Oh my god, I'm so psyched he's here. Yeah, did, uh, Mitch, did you see the offer? I've been watching it. Yeah, I I've met Dan back when he was in Fanboys. We went to the cast party. Oh, nice. It was in New York, oh, and I know the director, Kyle Newman, and I hung out with Dan, and I said, you would be great as a young Sam Kinison. He goes, why? Because I'm fat? I go, well, maybe. But you have that energy and that that look. You could play Sam Kinison, the comedian. And then I go to read IMDb when I was doing his bio for the uh, the show announcement. He bought the rights to the Sam Kinison story, and I go, hey, that was <laughs> 
I told you that at the Empire Hotel, but no, he's fantastic. He's always been somebody to watch because he's done Balls of Fury, which my kids loved. He was in The uh, Walking Dead, which I used to watch. I don't watch the Harry Potter stuff, but he's I know he's big in those uh, Fantastic Beast movies. And now The Offer, which is like a whole other world where he's playing Francis Ford Coppola, which is just crazy. And, you know? and don't forget, he was Uncle Marvin on the Goldbergs. He's on the yeah. Goldbergs as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. just shows up everywhere, you know? No, like uh, Leo had us put down a list of people who he was like, oh, okay, like have a list of people you might want to try for interviews. We'll see what we can yeah. do. Yeah. And high on my list was like, damn. And then I was like, what do I talk to him about? Because my brain is like, fanboys is one. Oh, yeah. And you know what's funny? He can't, I got the email from his guy. Said The message says, Dan Fogler wants to do Terrific Con. That was the subject line. I'm like, what? And I know who he is. And I clicked on it and I read it. I go, oh, yeah, I know, Dan. Come on. No problem. And that was and, it. And, you know. and, and also, I love that you, I just want to say, like, you got Tony Harris to come. I mean, I'm a huge yeah. Starman fan. And I yeah. and I got him and James in 2016 or a Starman uh, panel that they did. And I had like the whole I had like a group of my friends dress up. We all went as Starman characters. It was awesome. But I got his anchor too, Wade uh, Van Grabager. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He'll be there too. So that's kind of cool. Oh, I know. Yeah, and he hasn't done cons in a while. So he even admitted no. that on his Twitter. He's like, I haven't done for a while, so I'm back. And I'm just like, great. Well, here's my no, Starman. It's my my friend Steve Barker, the cop who collects uh, comics and artwork and all that. I just asked mm. Steve, I go, who do you, who don't you have a sketch from yet? Who do you want? And he gives me his Christmas list every year. Like I want this, 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 and this. And then I try getting as many as I can. And then he gets mad at me. You didn't get this guy yet. Why aren't you? What are you waiting on? I'm like, okay, I'm trying. I'm trying. So you could thank Steve Barker for uh, the, the, the guest list. Cause he's the one that tells me. J Thanks, Scott Campbell is on my list. That's my personal one, but. Oh, that'd be great. If Thank you, watching, Santa Mitch. Yeah, right. That's what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's like. Mitch, out of curiosity, has anybody heard from uh, Mrs. Perez since uh, the uh, passing of George? I know I could talk to Spencer Beck, who, you know, his best friend was his agent for like 40 years. He'd probably mm-hmm. know. But uh, no. I talked to Neil Adams' wife. She comes on. I'll post her videos up on the Terrificon Facebook page. She's still out there uh, doing shows, even though Neil's passed away. Um, okay. Are, are they no. not, not having the battleship this year? No, no, no. The giant, uh, the giant Neil Adams uh, booth will be no more. But I made it. You know what's sad? I made a nice. Well, I thought it was nice. I made a banner because I, I had photographs of me and Neil and me and George, and I put it up. And I'm like, hey, you know, thanks for all the memories. We miss you. And I printed it, and I got it, and then the next day, Tim Sale died. And I'm like, geez, and he was just here last year. I'm like, well, I got to go make it again. And then you just, it's happening too much lately. These these creators, these artists and writers and folks that we know are are, are, are passing away, and I don't like it. Stop it, Rich. Do I something. Know. Get on the they're, phone. They're, they're too cl- a lot of them are too close to our age, which is scary. Well, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, these are the guys that, you know, my memories are. Well, that's another reason that I chose um, that I I chose this this one one because when I found you were going to be the guest, I was like, okay, we got to do something Captain America because Mitch is is basically you know at some point if you go show up in a con and you're like him when he was running Shield, but he's a slightly older man. I was like, there you go. I'm old, I'm old Steve Rogers things. No, um, yeah, you're but, more Nick Fury, Mitch from the Howling Commando. Yeah, oh, totally yeah. Nick Fury. You know what's funny? My, my middle name is well, it's Anthony Steven, so I'm named after Tony. Tony Stark and Steve Rogers. That's not true. 
uh, I did date a girl named Peggy, and then I married a girl named Sharon. So that's odd too. Um, that's weird too. But you know what's so weird? Spider Man's my really favorite hero. Really? Same. I would have never known that. Everyone is just always latched onto the Captain America thing, and I just kind of went with it as I have a zillion Cap things here. But no, as a kid, I grew up loving Spider-Man. I mean, Spider-Man was my jam, and Captain America back in the 70s, honestly, even in the 80s, was kind of a dull, boring, one-dimensional character. He was just like goody-two-shoes, Boy Scout. And it wasn't until they, uh, well, the great Mike Zek, uh, J.M. DeMatty, as they did their story with the Deathlock, I loved all that stuff and uh in the 80s but then you know then it went into the Liefeld stories and then Jeff Loeb came on and uh, Mark I mean I'm sorry Mark Wade came on and then Garney got into it and then it came back and then it was really good again with Cassidy and all those folks and then they had Brubaker but the 70s Captain America other than a couple Engelhart books was not really that great a, a, a read really and and don't forget Mark Grunewald his kind Mark Grunewald yeah well you know what I gotta be honest Grunewald who actually has been at the show even though he's dead which is another story um hmm. parts of him have been at the show uh he had some kind of goofy runs on there. You know, he was trying to be like, like a, he did like an Indiana Jones. That whole Bloodstone thing was like their version of Raiders Lost Ark. And uh, mm -hmm. it's it sounds good on paper, but when you read it, it's kind of kind of hokey, you know. I don't know. All, all, all the all the characters go through their phases where they're great and then they're not so great. And sure, up absolutely. Down, up down. Yeah. Uh, I was just reading today they're going to be doing a team up with uh, Captain America and uh, Deadpool. Okay, but I mean, really? you know the thing. Yeah. You, but they they've done that before, and it's just like oh, oh okay oh that okay Sam Wilson. I thought you meant Steve Rogers. I'm like really? Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. We've seen that already. You know. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not a bit, I'm too old for Deadpool. I'm not a big Deadpool guy. There's, it's a generational thing, I think. I never got the joke. I just, I tolerate I'm, I'm, I will tell you, I'm bringing a Deadpool variant to Terrific Con. So oh, yeah. I look forward for you to, to know which one it is. The, the two I know love people not. like him. I know people like him. Like, I like Moon Knight. I like Moon Knight in the 80s and the 70s and stuff. And then I didn't really like the, the newer Moon Knight stuff. But, you know. Mm. Yeah, so some of the Deadpool cosplayers though can be a bit loony. Uh, there, there was one one year that he was driving like one of those little kid cars throughout the con. <laughs> really? Yeah. He's no yeah. Joker. He's no CT Joker. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get to definitely. Is it Garney or Garvey that hates me? For no, me it's Bagley. Oh, it's yeah, Bagley. Mark Bagley. Oh, he's going to be at the con, so you know, if yeah. you do the laugh, he's just going to grimace. No, yeah. I, I, I in person. He, 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 he literally cringed. I was sitting next to him at New York Comic Con, and you were down in Artist Alley, and you were doing your high pitched hyena laugh, and I watched his hand tighten around his pen as he was drawing. He goes. I'm going to kill that guy. I go, I know that. And somebody goes, Mitch knows that guy. I go, and he turned around and goes, do you really? I go, he's like, what is and, this? And that's so awesome that these artists hate me. It's, it feels incredible. It's very powerful. Yeah. Well, is that something you want to be proud of? I don't well, know. They, they, just that they knew that I existed, Mitch, as a, as a well, nerd. Just knowing yeah. that for whatever it was for, just that they knew I existed was is pretty powerful to me. It, it was it was something else. And then he comes to my show. And then what do you do? You got to go tap the glass. <laughs> yeah, you were like, where where is Bagley? I want to go meet Bagley. I'm like, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> 
Keep the exacto knife. Keep the sharp pen away from him. Get him away. No. Hey. Oh, oh. That's so funny. No magic tricks. You're not the Joker anymore, much. And you, you know, once in a while. Well, once in a while, yeah. Friday, it's going to be a little dressed down. Saturday, I'll somewhat, you know. It's we'll hard on with... the vo- it's hard on the vocal cords. It's it gotta... is. I can't do it the way I used to do it. I'll, I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, as I get yeah. older, I'll, I'll I'll be drinking honey tea the whole week before. Really? Wow. Yeah, just, it, just it, to try it, to get it halfway to what it was, like an opera yeah. singer. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Rich, I, I back you up on that. I did it for one con, and I think I almost permanently damaged my vocal cords. So, yeah, oh, I believe it. I believe oh, yeah, it. after every yeah. con, um, two or three days, really hoarse voice or or not. Oh well, I every year I lost my voice at these shows. You could always tell it's Sunday. Cause I'm a whisper cause I'm yelling on Thursday and Friday, Saturday, I'm starting to lose it. And then Sunday morning, it's like razor blades in the throat. And I'm like, hi, how are you? Right. Thank you. Thanks. Mitch, no, no after show this year. No, there hasn't been an after show since 2018. I'll tell you why. We did the after. I like the after shows. They were great. I used to do the big thing at the, um, the cabaret theater. We had the music, the comedy club. We had the, the singing and all that. And then we did the Kevin Smith stuff. And then we used to have the parties on the rooftop. Rooftop, yep. What I would get. I was at one of those. Those were Yeah, the actors would show up and then we'd have bands and we had music and all that. But it's like being a backyard carnival right next door to Disney World because I'm competing against the Mohegan Sun which is built for nightlife. And there's, you know, the comedy club, there's the the restaurants, there's music, there's free concerts uh, at the Wolf Stand and all that stuff. And then there's other nightclubs. And then there's gambling, if you're into gambling and stuff. And, you know, it's hard to get people to just sit around. And I think the reason why I stopped it is because somebody said, can you do an all-ages show? Because they brought their kid. And I'm like, yeah, we could try an all-ages show. As nice as that idea is, there's something about an all-ages show. People just didn't respond to it like i thought they would they were like oh well if there's gonna be kids i'm like well what are, what are you gonna do here i mean it's not like hero gasm what, what's gonna happen here and uh <laughs> they uh it wasn't a big turnout we had karaoke which was fun we had live music and i thought it was fun but it wasn't a good response and then i was like you know maybe i, I give up there's a great place if you want to go after the show because we always hang out there called game on it's oh, yeah. right outside the expo you go down the escalator it's like a um what's that uh kids uh, arcade yeah, uh, uh, Dave and Buster's. Yeah, it's kind of like Dave and Buster's. There's a bowling alley in there. There's uh, video games. There's pinball machines. There's uh, all kind of stuff. And there's a full bar and a full restaurant. And you'll go down there, and there'll be guys in their stormtrooper outfits and in people in costumes. So that's pretty much the unofficial after party for Terrific Con. So you'll find us there on Friday and Saturday night. So yeah. uh, j- just curious because uh, I actually used to do their newsletter. Uh, did the Mohegan Sun ever do like some promotion for you for that uh, for the after party event? Like um, because they have like a, an actual like nightlife uh, um, newsletter that they put out. Uh, I don't think so. I like I said, I'm always so close to the chest. I do most of it myself. Yeah. I don't know if they ever promoted us to go to the party. Maybe that's why there wasn't a big turnout. Maybe if it was like come to the the costume you know what another misconception is and this happens on chaz and aj all the time the radio show that i, I go on everyone mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with comic conventions or, or or anime shows or any of this stuff they there's a preconceived notion that people think you have to dress up in costume to come to the convention you know mm-hmm. it's it's not 
it's not a Halloween party. I don't I don't understand that. People are like, oh, uh, am I? Can I go if I don't wear a mask or a costume? It's like, well, yeah. Yes. I I'd even say maybe what ten percent or less are actually in costume at these conventions at my show anyway. I don't think it's maybe it's twenty percent, but yeah, it's certainly not 25. the majority. Yeah, but it's not no. the majority of people. I mean, you know, well, you, you get to misconceptions because like shows like the Big, Big Bang Theory and everything. Yeah, but, yeah, but, you're right. Yeah, this, they get that stereotypical. Oh well, everybody must be nerds and, and look like Sheldon Cooper and and dress like you know Star Trek characters. That's not the case at all. Bazinga, but, uh, mm-hmm. Bazinga. yeah. Right, <laughs> <No. laughs> mm-hmm. but that is the. I'll tell you, the costume party is not the, the costume contest is always the thing I look forward to, and that's why I put it at the end of the show because. Because it culminates into like the like the ball drop in Times Square. That's like that's it. That's the finale, and then everybody shows up because it's you see all the great costumes on Sunday afternoon. You know, yeah. and then and then you go get pizza, and then you go get pizza at the Pepe's White Clam Pizza. That's where I'll be. One hundred percent, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Now you got me thinking. I mean, it's only a month ago kind of late to do an after party well you just announced um something going on friday night um well yeah there's free stuff there's a free uh concert last year it was queen they did a tribute to freddie mercury this year they got a tribute to elton john on friday night outside um it's an outdoor venue but you just go out there sit on the grass and get a drink and watch uh, a two-hour concert well, hey, if, you, if, you decide, uh, if you decide to put it on, um, you yeah. know, maybe maybe talk to the uh, Mohegan Sun marketing department, see if you can get like featured in their nightlife newsletter. Yeah, because uh, it, it has uh, when I was doing it, it was it was a fairly, fairly large reach. So I'll tell you the, the best one they had when we first got there. Do you remember the glow party, Rich? It was no, they had no. it at the, the first year we were there. They had an after party on Friday nights. Okay. And they had um, the swimming pool and they would take glow sticks and they threw all the glow sticks in there. So when you walked in, the entire room was full of this giant undulating glowy blobby water gelatinous cube. And then there was outdoor. They had the, uh, the cabana things. They had fire pits. They had music. They had a DJ. That was crazy. Great. And then they stopped doing those after parties on Friday night out there because I think it got too loud. Mm. And then they had fireworks. Remember that? There used to be fireworks on Friday night. And we used to see those. So, God damn, I went to the wrong parties. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, and you're you're running around till like three in the morning. And then my wife comes in and tackles me because I'm at the uh, ice cream shop with Ross Marquand eating ice cream sundaes and fries at uh, Johnny Rockets at four in the morning. And then I have to go back to work. Johnny Rock is there's like a Ben and Jerry is like right next to it. This yeah, is- I know. Well, we, Leo, 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 don't take away from him. <laughs> no, and then there's uh, uh, what's the other place? Fantasia. That's open all night long because Ming Chen took me to that one. I forgot about that one. What, that's a nightclub? No, it's a restaurant. P-H-A Fantasia, how do you spell it? It's over there. It's it's got Asian food and and such. So we we hang out there till like five in the morning. I wonder why I lose my voice now that I think about it. But uh there used to be an amazing um uh mexican place um oh else del soro uh yeah del soro yeah or del Toro. there really yeah right next to uh the convention center when you walk out oh uh, did they move it yeah i used to like margaritaville my friend dan used to like yeah there. margaritaville was awesome. salt and pepper thing whatever. yeah you had the cars on the ceiling or something like that yeah no they had the big volcano remember what a yeah. rough oh, yeah yep. yeah make yep. sure they still have the bobby flay burger place yeah bobby's burgers is still oh, there that's There's a new great. place called tau which is really hard to get into 
but that's there. My favorite place besides Pepe's Pizza is Hash House of Go-Go, which is just, I mean, the food is insane. How big yeah. Giant pancakes and stuff. Giant pancakes and uh, chicken and waffles and all that stuff, yeah. And then, and then there's Krispy Kreme Donuts that all my uh, my cop friends line up for. So. Yeah, there's like yeah. four locations in there. Yeah, there's the place where they actually cook them on the conveyor belt. You could, I always said I'm going to jump on the conveyor belt and get iced. <laughs> just have the frosting drip all over me. Uh, I've been slimed. I've been I've been frosted. <laughs> I've been frosted please. Yeah, maybe I'll just go nuts and swim in the fountain. Uh, you, you know, go. the waterfall. I'll just take my clothes off and just—it's about that deep, so I'm not going to get that. Chances of me drowning oh, are very right. very slim. Well, you got that infinity pool also up on the uh, near the hotel. Oh yeah, yeah. Well. You know how they climb down the building every year, like for Christmas time? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll do a Batman and Robin. I'll just start scaling the side at night <laughs> in my costume. Right. And, and Mitch, have, have has everyone been announced now at this point? Uh, There's one actor who's – I signed his contract, and it's I've been waiting over a month to announce him, but he's got reshoots on a movie, and I, I, I can't do anything about it. And he can't either because – you know he's right he's so, it's, his, so it's still up in the air pretty much done i'm gonna say it's 99.9 percent locked whatever you see is, is what you're gonna get and you're gonna right. get a lot but there's there's always that one little extra you gotta remember did we lose reacher that was weeks ago he's late on the fast and furious 10 movie that's behind production they had to get a new director oh my uh, god yeah they shut down they had to restart the whole movie he was supposed mm-hmm. to be here because once they announced him in may the first thing i did was ask his guy is everything all right they said oh he, he's gonna be wrapped by the end of june and then oh, i read wow. new director <laughs> two weeks into production they shut it down and got a new director i'm like wait what and oh, everything like a domino effect got pushed back and then i got the letter due to delays in production he'll be there till the end of july filming so forget that yeah right. but yeah no next year that's the thing it's like well i can't do it this year i'll come back next year so okay what are you gonna do yeah, people gotta go. understand if you're a movie actor or a TV actor, your job isn't like nine to five, a steady paycheck. You're not going to be working every day of the year. You're going to work when the phone rings. And right. if the phone rings and it's like, hey, we got an offer for a couple million dollars, or you can go to Terrificon and, and meet people, which is all nice and all, but, but you're not a couple million dollars. Right. You know, you got a, you got a family to feed. You got to figure out what's going to happen. So nice. That's the sad reality of uh, show business. You go. Mitch, are, we, are we going to have a Shazam um, little thing going on? Because you got both the Shazam actors from the seventies and you got Jerry Ordway that did the um, Shazam the series. Yes. Yes. That's a new trend I started because last year we had the Land of the Lost people because my wife Sharon wanted to see them, so I invited them. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, the guy up the street, our state rep here, he loves Shazam. He's just a huge Shazam fan. He's always telling me how he used to watch the show with the Winnebago and Billy Batson. I go, you know, I can get those people for you. No, really? And so sure enough, I invited him. He's like, oh, my God, I'm going to wear the outfit. I'm like, you'll never <laughs> get reelected again if you show up wearing that outfit with lightning bolts. So. That's awesome. See. There you go. I know. I end up getting everybody's whatever they want. I book the guests. They're not. What if Uncle Mitchie ran the show? You know who would be there? Mm-mm. I do run the show, but if I was selfish and only got who I like, you'd get the cast of MASH. You'd get Hawkeye. You'd get Radar. You'd have to get Harrison Ford. You'd get um, Loretta Swit. You'd get Loretta Swit. You'd get Gary Berghoff. Actually, uh, we're uh, we're working to get Loretta Swit on our show. Get out, really? She's yeah. right in New York. You get Jamie Farr. 
Um, actually, Loretta Swit and um, who's the Catwoman I told you we were working on? Julie Newmar or Lu yeah, Julie Newmar. Newmar. Uh, both of them are working on books right now. So, uh, oh, once wow, they're, really? yeah, once they're done, they said they'll be uh, looking to promote those. Mm, yep. I would get, yeah. The man from Atlantis, I'd get Patrick Duffy. I'd get all these people I grew up with. I'm like the heck with you. This is, I want to meet these people. So that's it. And, and people yeah, from yeah. shows you never heard of that I'd watch. We probably would want to see some of that. Yeah. I want Airwolf. Yeah. I want a, a oh, yes. Airwolf. Yeah, but they're all gone. Jan Michael Vincent, Ernie Borgnine, they're all gone. Maybe Caitlin's still alive. She's still out there. So, yes. Get, get a uh, full-size Airwolf brought into the Right? Casino. That was a Bell helicopter. I should call the Sikorsky people. Yeah. Though I don't think Mohegan wants me bringing helicopters ever since the Batcopter. Yeah, that's a long story. But no. what, what happened with that? I don't know. It's a, a long story. It's a, a behind-the-scenes story. It may be when the book comes out. My life, my life, my con life. <laughs> they they did bring a uh, full size mech from uh, Avatar. Who? Uh, Mohegan Sun. When? Uh, it's while I was working there. I had to be. It's not the big guy. Uh, what's his name? Tom DiPetrilio. It's not him, is it? It was not the actual actual. Man? They they were promoting the Avatar. Um, really? Uh, actual like uh, slot machine. And they brought the full size one. I, I remember that they had to actually see if they were going to bring it into one spot. The but the it was so heavy that the floor wasn't structurally sound enough yeah. to have it. Yeah, oh, I, I I have pictures. I'll I'll dig it out and send it to you. No, you you joke about that, but I remember when we had the bat tumbler in uh, Bridgeport. We had to check and see how much it weighed because of loading dock. And th you don't even think about these things, but they're like, well, you know, you can't just drive a truck through here. Yeah. You have to make sure the floor doesn't cave in. I'm like, wait, what? So. Well, the casino, uh, it's um, you know, it goes pretty deep because uh, yeah, oh, because I've been underneath it. I've been. But, a little known fact there's a behind the house type of secret passages there that we get people from one side yeah. to the other mm -hmm. and uh kevin smith he was in his hotel room and i had to get him over to the cabaret theater but you don't go walking through mm -hmm. the casino floor because everybody will bother you so we went underground where the big hvac units are and all this stuff and he goes i feel like i'm gonna get whacked and i'm like yeah you're funny and sure enough when the elevator doors open someone had made a tape outline right there in front of the door as a joke and he just stopped and looked at me and he goes uh oh it's all right You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome uh i uh you know we we've been having so much fun here talking about that we didn't <laughs> see uh the book or any of the comic or anything um, oh my god i'll never make it to Drivicon. i sneezed hey shut up don't don't say that bury me by the river so uh is, so, is there anything weird about that mitch uh, are you going to be like um what maybe buried in like a sort of a a figure sort of type uh contraption any kind of nerd nerd Am things or... Am like dressed as spider-man dressed as spider-man uh very I don't think that the world wants to see my fat ass in spandex. I'm not like I used to be. I used to be thin, but now I'm not. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I've always, you know what I've always asked for, but no one's ever done. If you ever come to the Terrificon costume contest, dressed as Captain Terrificon, that, that guy right there, mm -hmm. you win a prize. But no one's ever done it. It's so easy. It's basically the Shazam costume without the lightning bolt, except it's got a big sun for Mohegan Sun. And no one's ever mm -hmm. won. And you got to wear Ray-Bans. You got to wear uh, Ray-Ban sunglasses to there be Captain Terrificon. But no one's ever done it. So there, I throw the challenge out to anybody watching this right now. There you go. You want to win a super secret prize? Dress as Captain Terrificon. You're not going to do uh, Lamo? <laughs> my secret life i actually have a picture of lamo right over there 
little do you people know that Leo and I share a similar background. I, at the young age of 23, uh, I was assistant to the art director who got fired at a company called USI. I was about to quit. It was my first job out of college. I was doing all the work. I couldn't stand it anymore. And I had my resignation, my two weeks notice to, to hand in. And I was about to do it. And the guy came back from lunch and he got fired by the owner, Peter Anderson. And um, the, uh, they gave me the job. And I was just literally 23, 24. And I called up my school, my uh, professor, and told him, I'm, I'm an art director now. He goes, you just graduated. He goes, what bar are you at, Halleck? Are you drunk? I'm like, no. <laughs> and at 24 years old, I became the art director for a, a business products company called USI for five years. And because I had no boss, I got to do whatever I wanted. So I did comic book covers. I did science fiction covers. These are stupid, boring laminator catalogs and overhead projectors and and, and staple and binding machines, crap that no one wants. But I would just have a field day making up stories and stuff. And they all said, this is not, you know, normal. But one of the characters that I portrayed was Lamo, the laminating clown. And I went up the street to Party City for $3 and I bought a fright wig and a red nose and some white uh, makeup. And long before Rich was the, the CT Joker, I was the Lamo, the laminating clown. And I went in the bathroom and I put the makeup on. I put the collar on and we came out and we did the photo shoot. And we would give these pictures away at trade shows. Like Lamo, the laminating clown says, go ahead and laminate. You'll feel great. Firmer, stiffer, stronger, lasts longer, looks and feels great. That was the motto. It sounded like Viagra. And uh, yeah, and, and whatever. That's my first job. And then Leo becomes the art director years later at that same company. I don't know how long you were there for, but uh, I was there for four years, four and, years. So yeah. see, and, and you were like, I know that guy. I've met Lamo the clown. He's alive. <laughs> Lamo lives. Yeah. It, well, they still keep all the catalogs and everything there. You know, it's uh, going back, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was my, uh, that was my first job. So anyway, uh, well, you, you know, you learned a lot there, you know, I did when you're your own boss. And, you know, in subsequent jobs, I would always end up talking to the owners of the companies, which is weird because when you work at a small company, there was only like 50 people there. So I would talk to the owners like I still do. I actually talk to the, one of the guys today, George Janikopoulos. But uh, you, you don't give a shit. You just walk in the room and you just start talking to him. So there's this weird little buffer that never happened to me. And I would go from there to other big companies and I would always go in and talk to the owners of the company and didn't think twice about it. And people were like, oh, you can't talk to him. He's worth a couple of million dollars. I'm like, yeah, so whatever. And, you know, that's it. And they would always say, why are you here? Which is embarrassing now. They're like, you should be doing something else. You shouldn't be doing catalogs. You should be doing movies or TV or comic books. So. Or comic book conventions. Yeah. The guy said, he goes, oh, put Mitch in front of a room to talk about document management software. It looks like he's getting root canal. But ask him about the latest uh, you know, movie or comic book and his eyes light up and he's on the table and he's acting out the story and he's, he's waving his hands around like a fighter. But go back to the what we do and it's like, yeah, laminator. <laughs> puts, puts things in plastic that'll be around for millions of years after we're all dead. Whatever. So kids, don't do don't do what they tell you to do in school. Go out and do what you want to do, and you'll be a happy person. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So anyway, yeah, go read this book. It was great. Uh Tim Sale, Jeff Loeb, White. Has it been four hours now? No, only an hour. Uh, almost just about an hour. Yeah. 
Well, you got me on here. You know, I don't talk to anybody all year. I live down here in my my hole, my little bunker. And, you know, I, I watch you do a couple of these a week. I do, and they regret it too. Like, oh God, shut them up. <laughs> what's what's the what's the latest one with the uh, the Australian guy? Uh, Matt? Oh, Ed. Oh, Ed and I just did Thunder the Barbarian. That'll be coming on this week. Oh, nice, right? Very cool. So, did you watch the whole season again? Oh, yeah, you did. There's only 21 episodes of Thunder okay. the Barbarian. This would be a great movie. I don't know why they haven't made Thunder the Barbarian a movie. Oops, Steve I Gerber created it. Comic book Steve Gerber, Howard the Duck fame. Mm-hmm. You know, Alex mm-hmm. Toth artwork, Jack Kirby designs. Come on, it writes itself. I think all that Alex Toth should be movie stuff. Ariel Ookla ride. It was awesome. Lords of Light. That's yeah. my childhood. Drew's like, oh, I don't know what that is. You don't know what that is? Drew, I didn't say on. I didn't know what it is. I'm just, I'm just, again... <sighs> You guys, Mitch talks so much. I feel like I don't have to say anything. I just want to. You don't have to. You don't have to. I know. Didn't uh, absorbing. Didn't uh, Thundar air uh, like side by side with uh, Fantastic Four? Yes. Yeah. With Herbie the robot. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Herbie sucked. Come on, we all know that. (laughs) All because they couldn't do the Human Torch. Yeah. So he was no Jarvis the Butler. That's for sure. I didn't like Jarvis as a kid. I always thought he was nothing. You know who was a good butler? Cadbury the butler from Richie Rich. He was, oh, yeah, he was a good butler. Was a good they should have a battle of the butlers. I'd watch that. Butler <laughs> battle. You know? Absolutely. Jarvis, Alfred, Cadbury, Drew. Oh, well, you can't do Alfred anymore. Why? They killed him off. Alfred's dead? Alfred's dead. Eh, whatever. Yeah, uh, Bane snapped his neck in front of Damien. Oh, oh yeah. I read that. Yeah. Yeah, matter of fact, uh, I think the this week's issue of Robin, uh, he's actually trying to bring Alfred back. What the he brought, Prometheus he, pit? Uh, he brought a uh, a vial of water from the Lazar- uh, Lazarus pit. Lazarus pit. Yeah, Prometheus pit. That is from Micronauts. The Prometheus pit. Yes, it's all oh. Bill Mantlo. Mike, it's all blurring in here. You know, at <laughs> a point, I think this the other day I was telling Trapper John when we were at lunch in the swamp. <laughs> starting to lose touch with reality love it yeah uh, so so uh is there anything else you're you're watching uh mitch like did you did you watch obi-wan you're watching uh miss marvel all of it i watched obi-wan i watched uh, uh, uh what the hell was that show the sex thing last night the, oh boys hero gas and the boys I watched the boys yeah, yeah, yeah. i watched uh ms marvel which i actually like uh better than all this other crap and then i watched star trek strange new worlds i watched the orville you know, I you know so what dis- I can't understand. You guys can explain to me because you, you got a closer pulse and Drew's younger than me. If you cut me in half, I'm probably your age. Uh, mm. What is this nonsense when I see the Internet and the, and the Internet gets stupid? And I don't know if it's real or it's all this nonsense where it's like Ms. Marvel, lowest rated Disney show ever. And they, they like go out of their way to like put down stuff. And I don't know if this is legit or what's the purpose of it all? Because well, I'm like, yeah, you, know, you, you get people there that are, you know, why? What's going on? They're just too negative, you know. Um, I mean, I like The Rocketeer. That movie bombed. It made like five dollars, but I like The Rocketeer. What are you gonna do? Thank you. Amazing movie, Mitch. I, Mitch, I think that there is a um, a procession of fans that just want to hate shit, and they especially yeah. want to hate shit anything new, possibly with brown skin or oh, that related. Yeah. That's where you're going to see a lot of those articles. So you just ignore yeah, those. I got no time for those assholes. I don't care. You just ignore yeah, that shit. Well, I, I mean, the, the problem is, you know, a lot of them, you know, there's like sites like 4chan and stuff like that where they, they just. What's it called? 4chan. 
Fort, it, what does that mean, Fortune? Fortune? I, I don't. I don't know what it means. I just know it's like a den of evil. Uh, yeah, but you know, yeah, they, they, they they review bomb uh, things that they don't like. I mean, we watch the show. We, I'm on a show called Trek Watch every week. I didn't like Star Trek Discovery. I mean, parts of it I did, but I, overall, I didn't like the show. I do love the new Strange, Strange New World. New World yes. I love that show. But yeah, it's yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. things. It's like you could not like I like Star Wars, but I hate everybody knows The Last Jedi. There's certain you don't have to love everything. You know, you yeah, don't exactly. have to be like a blind faith and you know devout leader and believe everything. But these it, it, the, the the criticisms are just nutty. I'm like, this is not really constructive. This is just like hate for hate's sake. Like this all sucks. Everybody who likes this sucks. I'm like, wait, what is that? That's like that's stupid. So yeah. whatever. Well, uh, so, question for you on on. Well, I, I was just gonna ask. Uh, sorry, real quick. Um, how far did you get into Discovery? Did you watch the whole thing or just I watched all four seasons? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I liked it when it started, and then I don't know. Every week it seemed to be like. No matter what was good, they have a whole crew. You know what was great about old Star Trek is there's a crew of people. And one week Spock would come up with anything. And one week Dr. McCoy would help come up with an answer. One week even Scotty would come up with everything. But what happened on Discovery, it's like no matter what happened, no matter the greatest minds in the Federation, they would be stymied and stumped. They couldn't come up with the answer. But then Michael Burnham was like, oh, just do this. I go, how come she knows everything? And they have all these other Vulcan signs and no one ever seems to know but her. But that's like once in a while, let somebody else be the hero of the show that's what started getting me crazy you know i mean yeah mitch i totally agree with you because i mean i'm an old school star trek fan like i yeah. enjoyed the later stuff as well but i love the orville but oh the orville's great really fan yeah. yeah and i think in some ways in my opinion i've always said that the orville is a bit more of a, a better star, star trek, trek show yeah than than discovery is you know i and, agree and, with and you 100 yeah yep 100 you know, i agree with you yeah. the guys now i'm back at terrific um, but all jokes aside, it's just, and then at the beginning, the advertisement was weird. Cause it's almost like, Oh God, it's family guy in space. Great. Yeah. But, they didn't know what they were. They didn't know. It was confusing yeah. to watch. Yeah. It was, but then the show really got its groove going and you just see that, that Seth MacFarlane has that great appreciation for the classic Star Trek, but it's about telling a story. He's got a great cast. It was oh just, yeah. It's that two part episode they had when they, uh, um, Isaac's people, like was it the Kazon? Mm -hmm. Not the Kazon. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, I think it's the Kazons because there's the krill, which are like the, the krill clans. are the you know white lizard reptile people. Is it K oh, yeah. Yeah. For yeah. some reason I was thinking of the ones that were on Voyager. I'm like, weren't they called Kazon? But no, that's something else. The people yeah, with the big but, weird hair thing. Yeah, but the point being is it's just but that I've always felt. And just Mitch, there's some people who are just miserable and they just feel like they have to dump on everything. So if yeah. anything doesn't somehow reach these impossible monolith heights of their approval it's just dump it's just yeah. everything's a dumpster fire and we all should be miserable and hate internet everything as much like, internet's like a bar without drinks you know what i mean there's just a lot of angry people looking to fight just because they got nothing better to do it's like yeah. and i've told people and rich actually of all people rich who most people mm -hmm. think is kind of like crazy but he's the most the, the logic of King Solomon sometimes. I remember years ago, you went off the internet and the social webs for like a week or a month. And then I was with you at your bagel place and you go, you don't even miss it after a while. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, 
you, you don't, and I've said this before, you don't need, you need food, obviously. You need water. You need sleep. You need shelter from the storms and the, the bad thing. You don't need social media. You don't need the internet. It's all fun that we're all doing this now. But at the end of the day, you really don't need to know everything that everyone's doing 24-7. It's okay to be by yourself. But for some reason, people get sucked into this world and they get so upset if somebody doesn't hit the like button or give them a little heart. Or, I'm like, it's, it's not it's, it's not real people you know just take it easy they get so upset and yelling about things and whatever well, it, it i think adds to um sorry uh it adds to oh, depression as well because oh know, god yeah people are showing like you know just this just this facade of their life you know just uh, oh it's not real yeah everyone's happy and smiling it's almost like watching like a 70s sitcom yeah. like the brady bunch like everyone's happy like that's not yeah. true that's you why know. you barely see me posting anymore because it's just it's not worth it no 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 but anyway it's neither here nor there i just wanted to go because i i can't stand when i like something and I, if i say oh i really enjoyed this movie what's wrong with you and then they're like yelling at me because i like something i'm like what i just i paid my money and i sat there for two hours and i had a good time and i'm telling other people if they really enjoy that to go out and see it you know? or or you have you know where you didn't like something that somehow everybody loved and then they look at you like you're a monster like yeah. i gotta be honest been, like, yeah yeah i i know yeah, i, I mean, watched something and I go, I didn't like something. What's wrong with you? I'm like, nothing. I just said I didn't care for it. Well, what do yeah. you like? I'm like, why are you attacking me? I just said I went to the movie and I didn't like right. It. It, it, it. Right. It's the same way. Like, I'm sorry. Like, with all due respect to everybody that worked on it and, and whatnot, I just yeah. didn't care too much for Captain Marvel. I honestly mm. it wasn't one of my favorite of the MCU. It was fine. I watched worse. I'm with you. Yeah. It was like, and, but, no, but, but when that was coming out, you know, I saw people who I knew and respected. They're bashing people who didn't like it. They're like, oh, you're just, you know, you don't appreciate female heroes and stuff. I was like, excuse me. I remember when this bit was Miss Marvel, okay? I also remember her when she went through all these other costumes, all these other Binary, things. yeah. She was always, exactly. yeah. You know, so, you know, I remember when she was on the Avengers, when she, you know, was a part of the Guardians, all this stuff. So don't yeah. tell me I don't appreciate a strong female character. It's just... You know, I just had an issue with it. I like I like kind of that, boring. I like the people that tell me I don't understand Star Wars. And I was there on opening day in 77 with my mom when it opened here in Connecticut. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know a thing about it. I've not spent <laughs> millions of dollars of my money on Star well, Wars. I think what it really comes down to is just you have people who they're so convinced they're right that they can't acknowledge that they might not be. And then you come in well, and you've got the experience. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, I'd say a lot of people who uh, like comics are still some people have very low self-esteem. So this is their safety blanket. So us proving contrary is kind of like trying to, to pull it away. It's like um, it's like the kid in Mr. Mom, you know, you just want to get rid of his whoopee. And we got to oh, be yeah. Michael Keaton. Be like, no, 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 no. You you gotta let it go, man. Otherwise, you're gonna be you're gonna be you're gonna get addicted. You're gonna be cruising for electric blankets. A bad thing. <laughs> yeah. So no, it's just the you know. older I get, the, the the things I see, I'm just like, wow, really? Okay, whatever. It's all right. Don't so be you back to the book. People. Yeah. So back to this book, I do will say one point. I did want to point out one thing that was really interesting about Captain America White is that it took literally seven almost eight years for us yep. to see all of it and that had absolutely nothing to do with you know this wasn't something like oh 
they they had a feud there was you know there was a lot going on but primarily a lot of the delays were because jeff loeb the writer um became the head of marvel tv so you know you're doing daredevil you're doing luke cage jessica jones all this stuff and then tim sale who as we know uh you know he would go with cons and whatnot and do commissions and stuff but he didn't do a lot of sequential you know um work he did covers and stuff but, you know, um, so literally it wasn't until 2015 where we saw the first issue released. And it's so funny because that became a mega issue because they just combined that with issue zero, which uh, was released back in 2008. Um, I know because I have the original one signed. Um, and it's crazy when you, you realize that this is like, what is it, like their ninth, tenth collaboration, Jet Tim Sale mm -hmm. and Jeff Loeb. And yep. this was the last one in what I believe is called the Marvel Color series because they had done, and uh, we haven't got to review these, but they're really great. And I really do recommend we do. Daredevil Yellow, uh, mm -hmm. Spider-Man Blue, Hulk Gray, and then Captain America White. Um, and it's just, it's, it's again, uh, they really were a wonderfully collaborative team and it, it shows. They really know how to complement each other. Um, and it was funny, uh, just, and then I'm going to let someone else talk is they were really going for, because I've read interviews about this, they were going for a thing where they wanted that appreciative nostalgia. But also, every lot of their stuff deals with a loss. Mm -hmm. uh, Old Grey, you had the loss of Betty. Uh, Spider-Man Blue was the loss of Gwen Stacy. Um, Daredevil Yellow was the loss of Karen Page. And in this one, it's the loss of Bucky, which was happening around the time in 2008, where they're doing it, and then Brubaker, uh, who uh, Mitch, you mentioned, brings back Bucky as the Winter Soldier in his yeah. run of Captain America. So it was just kind of really funny timing. But um, I haven't admittedly read a lot of classic um, um, uh, Captain America, but this to me felt very like it would fit in that 60s, 50s, 40s era story. It's a very old school story, but there's a lot of good nuances there. So this is my sense. Someone else talk, please. Well, for me, um, this just felt like they were really trying to highlight and um, introduce the newer generations that there was a Bucky um, before there was a Winter Soldier. And uh, this was sort of a pure, clean um, storyline. You know, As they say in the beginning of all the things, instead of saying writer and artist, it just says storytellers. And they, we've read through um, a lot of more complicated stories that they have written. Mm -hmm. And um, but but this was just a, a different variation. It was very smooth. It was very clean. It was straightforward story. Um, and I really felt like they got a, the, the point of uh, Bucky and his innocence and what he meant to Cap and, uh, you know, and, and not mentioning Winter Soldier. I really thought that was key to not mentioning it at all and and bringing back the the howling commandos and nick fury without an eye patch i mean all super classic stuff that i felt like they were just trying to reintroduce to the new newer generations um i don't know did you catch that vibe at all mitch yeah no when i was a kid my reference to bucky came from the invaders which was a, a roy thomas world war ii marvel comic in the 70s and stuff and bucky always mm -hmm. just seemed like i know he's supposed to be a boy like a, a young 13 year old kid but they always would write bucky almost as if he was just a little guy you know what i mean it's like oh, he's just another guy he's just a little short little guy but no it's like he's a kid dude he's like you know like when they do robin well 
in Batman and Robin. They 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 emphasize like the Frank Miller, some of the stuff he was doing on All Star Batman. You got to keep the story about Robin being like a twelve or thirteen year old kid that's counterbalancing the horror of you know in Batman. It's the vigilantism, but this one it's World War freaking two. And Cap tells him a couple times in the story, like not one mistake. You can't make a mistake because this is life and death. This is a war. This is Nazis trying to kill you. It's not let's play Robin Hood in the backyard and with sticks as swords and rocks as grenades and stuff. So that storytelling comes across very well in this book. And you see the whole relationship between Captain America and Bucky. It's almost like father and son. And in a weird mm-hmm. way, they're kind of equals too. It's it's really hard to describe because he is so much older than, but then Bucky becomes like his younger brother. It's a very good relationship, even though it was only a couple years. And then Bucky's, to us, Bucky's dead. I mean, to, as a kid growing up, you knew Uncle Ben died, Gwen Stacy died, and Bucky Barnes died. And that's just the way the world was. And just he wasn't coming back. There was no Winter Soldier and all that. And in a way, weird way as much as i do like the winter soldier character and i do like what they've done with bucky to me that's a different the the bucky that came out of the cryo chamber whatever you want to do with the ice that's not mm-hmm. the same kid the one that i know was the the the, the, the happy-go-lucky 13 year old kid with a machine gun which my son owen used to think was bizarre he's like this kid has like a submachine gun i'm like yeah i guess but he's like a little kid i'm like i i know but war, man. it's, it's a war, war man but in my i remember owen just thought it was nuts he's like why is bucky machine gunning people i'm like because it's a war kid you know they don't they don't understand world war ii but yeah. uh it, it it is something else that 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 bucky is gone he's dead the winter soldier is this evil assassin that's and he's so much older too because they 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 you know they aged him up a bit to be almost on the even par with cap nowadays so it's it's like a little moment in time of world war ii captain america and and jeff Loeb and tim sale they do such a good job in these six issues or seven if you want to count the zero one yeah um, to, you could read you could read this book and you'd know everything there ever was to know about captain america without going back and reading all the tales of suspense and all that stuff from the 60s Absolutely. and then the early 70s you know so i love it i think yeah, it's one of the best books ever uh i really enjoyed it i mean i never really read early captain america and uh you know, one thing that a lot of people don't really get, especially, you know, with like DC and stuff, you know, with Captain America, people are dying. You know, like you said, it is war, you know. Uh, so so you do get that grittiness. The the one thing that I really enjoyed also with the artwork, you know, normally with their Batman books, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the art. But with this book here with Captain America, there was just something different about it. You know, yeah, he, he, he kind of doesn't he doesn't do the tightest drawings in the world. It's very fluid, almost like a Gene Colan type of look to it. And because it's all like moving, there's constant movement in Tim Sale's work. But it does have its own unique style to it when you read these books. It's almost like watching a little movie, like a little storyboard type of thing, more than a lot of other comic book people. Maybe it's because it's not so, you know, fine lines and, and inked and everything. It's all shadows. You know, some people might call that cheating. They go, oh, well, you know, he's he's doing a lot of dark shadows to cover it up. He's not really doing a lot, but it's it's just like another another well, element. Still yeah. art. You know? It is art. But I, I've heard people like, well, you know, Mike Mignola, too. He uses a lot of uh, black ink and yeah, to, to, yeah, to tell yeah. the story. And I'm like, yeah, but it's still a style it's, of story. It works. Right. It works. it works for them. You know, I mean, Mignola. I mean, it's hard to imagine Hellboy without those those dark, right. ominous shadows. 
and whatnot. And the same thing with, with Tim Sale. I mean, if you've seen his work, whether it's Batman, whether it's Daredevil, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. right? It works because of the way they do these stories. They're they're time capsules. Yeah. They are Spider-Man of a specific time and place where it's still it feels canonical-ish, but it's almost like it's its own little bubble in time. Mm-hmm. And um, no, it's it's it, it it's got that really nice again, like like you guys have said, it's got that nice balance of nostalgia. So people who are older who remember reading those books are like, oh yeah, this is this is I remember these guys. And then the newer fans, they can read it. And like Mitch, like you said, you can read it and you don't, you're like, who the hell is this? Who the hell is that? You, you get all of it. Mm. And any, maybe if there's one person like you're like, you don't understand who the Leaper is. Yeah, you know, you know, you're like, okay, you look that up. It's like, oh, it's Batrock. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, well, it was Batrock's grandfather. Yeah. Right. I'll you tell know. you what, the, the the colorist on this, Dave Stewart, mm-hmm. he's just as oh. important as Tim Sale is with this book because honestly, 100%. the oh, colors yeah. are amazing. Yeah, I mean, I don't, it's unfortunate. I mean, I got to see Tim Sale for like 10 minutes last year at Terrificon just to say thanks for coming to the show. But I would have loved to talk to him about this to see how much, you know, there is some, if you get the, the uh, deluxe one, there's some storyboarding and there's some behind the scenes stuff, but how much input did he have on the coloring of this how much did he go up to the guy and say well i want you know i want this breakdown i want this to look like this because this is really 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 a big element of the storytelling in here you know just the the the, the mood of the book the color palette that they use a lot of reds yeah. a lot of grays you know it gets and that it, world war ii feel to it you know and it, it's so sad because i was looking at over um an interview that they had done back in 2015 when the first issue was going out and they talked about making it the delays you know all these things and two things point out one um tim said that some of the delay was due to that he went very focused on authenticity it was about he bought tons of books to make sure that the architecture is right the machinery all these things because he knows a lot of people take that seriously and in the interview he named up enough he named up tony harris who yeah yeah he's a big fan of that kind of thing and he, and he said that they know so much that they would give him shit if he didn't get it absolutely right. And he said that that intense level of authenticity also brought a lot of style changes to it, which contributed to some of the delays. But the second thing, and I didn't know this, and I'm kind of sad because I think this would be really great, is that back in the day, they were talking about, they asked, hey, are you guys thinking of doing any more color Marvel color books? And uh, Jeff Loeb said that because they they enjoyed working with Iron Man and Hulk Gray and stuff, that they they had this idea for it would have been called Iron Man Gold. Oh, that would have been great. Yeah, and it was about Tony's relationship with his dad. You know, um, you know, someone who at, around that time kind of came back, and you know, Tony is living in the shadows of someone he thought was so great, but he wasn't really loving. And, you know, um, because they're, they've done stories about fathers before. I mean, we've read Superman for all seasons. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a big love letter to, to fathers. Um, and I, I didn't, and I, I didn't know about Iron Man Gold, but I was like, man, that would have been so cool. Yeah, I could that would have been good. Yeah. And, and I'm not really an Iron Man fan. I got to be honest with you. I think the only one I've enjoyed besides the sporadic classic Iron Man, Dublin Bottle, that stuff, is the Ultimates iron man I, that was yeah. the only one i really was like oh, i like him so to see a story like that i was like wow that would have been the jeff Loeb tim sale treatment that would have not only looked gorgeous but it would have been a great story yeah so 
<sighs> so fun fact, everybody. So, you know, uh, maybe one day. You know, it's uh, funny. Well, I, I talk to Ordway all the time and he, he buys a lot of toys and stuff. And he was telling me when you do period pieces, now it's easy because you have the internet and there's God knows references all day long on Google images. But he used to go buy World War II models and planes oh, and nice. cars and all that because if you were doing a period book, you needed to have every angle of, you know, like Superman's about to punch a Messerschmitt. What's that look like? So he'd get a, a little German airplane toy and he'd hold it up and turn it and, and draw and photograph and stuff like that. So, you know, a lot of the cars and things you would see in older comics, they would use references just to, like toys. And you would see now and then that the guy doing the book had the wrong era or the wrong maker model mm-hmm. of a, a tank or a plane. And, you know, you would get so much crap from the real gung-ho historians out there, you know, like, oh, what are you doing? That, sure. that weapon wasn't invented in 1942. They didn't have that till 47. How dare you put that in there? You know, so, well, I, I give him credit for going and doing all that, uh, that work to go make it look authentic, you know? Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It is really cool. No, uh, I, I know this is totally sad, but uh, I, I just, when you mentioned toys, I was just thinking about, holy crap, Terrificon's coming up. I, yeah, I, I can add to my collection. There's going to be some vendors there that I can, uh, you know, uh, I've been trying to find like a shuttle Tiderian from Star Wars, but they're wicked expensive. I can tell you where there's one right now upstairs in my bedroom closet, still sitting oh. in the box that I bought. <laughs> really? And I don't know. Honestly, I started selling off some toys. My friend Steve, who I mentioned earlier, he was like, what are you doing with all that stuff? And you're like, well, and then I'm like, I sold my job of the hut uh, sail barge last year. Oh, wow. I bought it when it came out because the thought of that, having that as a kid, like, oh, my God, job is sail barge. And then when you got the four foot box sitting down here, taking up four foot of volume <laughs> space and your wife's like, what in God's green earth are you doing with that? <laughs> well, one day the kids will have kids and they'll come over and they'll play with it. And I'll yell at them for breaking it because it's not mint anymore. And then you realize... <laughs> what am I going to do with this? And I paid 500 bucks for it and sold it for like, you know, 1600. So I got my money back. There you go. Did you see uh, me from buying that Galactus figure that should have been here by now? I bought that big ass. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, are are we getting a new like Thanos type statue this year? Oh Ah. No, Uh, Thanos isn't even coming this year because uh, I was tired of looking at him, honestly. Okay. And, uh, uh, Kyle, who works on it and makes those things, is so busy with movies. He's actually doing some movie work now that we talk. We had planned on him building a giant Venom with the big teeth and the mouth Ooh. and uh, mm-hmm. the you know web and stuff. stuff. But yeah, but he we literally about a month ago, I just said pull the plug on it because he was it wasn't going to look good. He could have done it, but we all agreed that it wouldn't look as good as we wanted it to look. Mm-hmm. So that didn't yeah. happen. But uh, Andy's coming this year, and Andy's going to build uh, kind of like mm-hmm. the batman climbing wall that we talked about years ago but now it's going to be spider-man focused for the spider-man 60th and he's got another spider-man backdrop uh they would do it i mean dude i wanted to build the batwing airplane from the michael keaton movie a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and we actually had drawn up plans for it to make it full scale yeah oh my god amazing i know right and when we got the plans you know what you find out that it's it's like a stealth bomber it's not very it's not very thick that thing the wings it's like that big and it's just long and odds are if it's not hung from a ceiling it doesn't look like anything it just looked like a big 
you don't really get the whole bat wing effect thing unless it's up on the side, really, you know? So Right. You need it in front of a, a moon. Yeah. You need it in front of a moon and stuff. Yeah, I mean, if you knew some of the things that I plan on to build and try to do at the shows, I mean, I wanted to have, uh, you know, a drone. Uh, mm -hmm. I wanted to get like a big, uh, like a Captain Terrificon balloon and have it just fly back and forth over the uh, the expo floor during the show. But Mohegan, they kind of nixed the whole drone thing when there's thousands of people walking around. Like, if that falls and cuts out someone's eye, mm -hmm. you're not going to be at Terrificon ever again. You'll be in jail, so... Yeah, and you can't and you can't even do it a, a, a Zeppelin because if that crashes, then uh, we had a little Hindenburg there. Do you know yeah. in 2018 I tried uh, getting a guy to get shot out of a cannon dressed in a uh, Superman suit in the parking lot? Really? God's honest truth. I had insurance drawn up. I was talking to them, and it was going to be you can well come to Terrificon 2018. You'll believe a man can fly because it was the uh, 80th anniversary of Superman. And I had that giant card. We were trying to get the Guinness World Book of Records. And I wanted to shoot a guy out of a cannon in the parking lot to uh, to show somebody flying. You know and what you control. can do? If, oh, if no. you uh, if you do reach out to Sikorsky and find like an airwolf type, they do have the helipad. Oh, I know. We landed the Batcopter there, buddy. I know. We I know all about the helipad. Anyway, uh, yeah. The <laughs> reason why is I try to make, and, and Rich knows this, I don't make, it's not just a convention because this is all I do for a living. I make it like an event, like it's a Broadway show. I want to have like a theme. I want to make everything part of it. We got music going on. We got a, a soundtrack. I saw the Elvis movie the other day and I'm sitting there going, can we build a stage and have giant lights that go on that spell out Terrificon and, and, and have that Elvis music with that, dun, 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 you know, the 2001. So we're working on that right now, actually. And it doesn't make any sense to you people that just go to buy comic books and toys. But to me, Oh, it makes total sense. If I have the whole place explode in a smoke bomb at the end with sparklers and, 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 you know, fireworks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch is not putting on a flea market. He's putting on a production. Oh yeah. Damn right, man. Forget this. Isn't like, Oh yeah. Let me go meet the cast of facts of life or whatever and get an autograph. This is like, what are we going to do this year? That's going to have you talking about it till next year. Like, did you go to Trivicon? Did you see when they did this or they did this or they did that? I want to be like Disney World. I want to have stuff going on everywhere, you know? So that's, that's, what, that's crazy. Now I'm getting all fired up talking about it. Before we started, I was down in the dump because I was buying airline tickets for thousands of dollars. And I was like, why am I doing this? Now I'm like, I can't wait to do this next month. See? There you go. Exciting. We will. Less than four weeks away. Thanks, Dorkening, for getting my spirit back. Get oh, your yeah. tickets we, now. We helped. We and and join us next week as we helped Mitch get his mojo back. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? No, seriously. Yeah. Just like no, this I, Captain America book. Just like actually, this I gotta admit, this like you said, it's about loss. It's kind of a downer. It ends on a down note when Cap destroys the statue. Yeah. They made mm -hmm. a, a tribute mm -hmm. to Bucky and Cap, and he just throws his shield and he destroys the Cap part of it, and he leaves the. He's like, send me a bill. It's. It's, yeah, he just can't deal with the the whole. He's come. He's not come to grips yet with losing Bucky, and that's this whole story here, you know. So I, I, I there was there was one part I just wanted to bring up. I just enjoyed the random Namor cameo. Oh yeah, like, I was out of the water. Yeah, yeah it, it's just like, oh man, I wish I had my shield and just Imperious Rex. Here you go, bro. Right. 
And I'm just, and they're like, who is that? Oh, he's a friend. I thought this was fantastic. There's like, they're in a fog during the war. Oh, yeah. And they did something to the the coloring, and it just has that look like there's mist over everything. And there's your cameo right there. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, just... Ha! Throw. And they make an invader's joke. I think he said, oh, what's going to show up? Like, is the original human torch going to show up next? Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and one other thing is, I, and I, I really wish they had more of an MCU. I know why they don't, but the, 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 the friendship between Dugan and Fury oh, yeah. is just so great. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, I don't buy that um, whole nonsense that Dum Dum Dugan is a LMD, that the real Dum Dum Dugan died yeah. years ago. That's what they brought up during Original Sin. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, that was that was not not Mitch, as you know, from reading comics, not every good idea and every idea in comics is a good one. No. And not every every idea will stick. So. Well, if if Marvel was DC, you would just wait two years and they would just throw it all out the window and start all over again. But Marvel doesn't retcon as often as uh, DC does. So that's they're, they're still sticking with that. And then Nick Fury's up on the moon. He took over for the Watcher because the Watcher died. And Nick is the guy on the wall now watching everything. And then Bucky took his place as the Guardian. Was it now? Or no, maybe Bucky took it. No, no, Nick was the no, new Bucky. Watcher. Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. Bucky took Nick's place, and then Nick was the unseen. He was the, the, unseen. the replacement Watcher. With the re- and then yeah. Uatu came back. And there we are. Nobody Wait, so ever did died. Nick have the powers of the Watcher? No, he was just no. chained to the moon. His his yeah. because he contributed to Watu's death. He was mm. again forced to observe, but never be able to interfere. And that right. was that whole time when Thor lost. He wasn't worthy, and he couldn't have the hammer. And mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good ideas that came out of that storyline, but it's all about execution. And sometimes it's like, well, let's not go there. Mitch, do you love that all these childhood stories that we read growing up in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s, and 2000s are now on TV all the time, and it just doesn't stop? Yeah, yeah. I love it That's why I was like, I I didn't know the new Ms. Marvel. I remember the Carol Danvers with the bathing suit from the 70s, and -hmm. Binary and all the other iterations she's had. So I didn't know the Kamala Khan one. So I started watching that. I love that show. I love all the supporting characters. I love the Mm -hmm. mom and the dad. I love the brother. And she's, I told you before, it's like a little Peter Parker high school. Oh my God, I've got to go to here and my friends are there, but I've got this uh, bangle that's going to give me these powers and this group is after me and my grandmother disappeared. It's like so much is going on in mm-hmm. three episodes. I'm like, is this, if this is how the comic book was, I'm sorry I didn't go back and read it because I'm like, this is a really interesting origin story. I just knew it was the girl that had these big hands. Whenever I'd see the character, I'm like, so she's like Mr. Fantastic? I don't understand what's happening there. Well, she's, she's got these giant yeah. hands everywhere, you know? So Yeah, she just stretch and, and stuff, you know, but... Yeah. Well, no. And, and how, how sad was it in, in the first episode? Uh, um, yeah, Dad, well, well oh. this is not really a spoiler just uh how sad her dad was that he wasn't going to uh the yes the talk. Yeah. that was when i fell in love with the show because he was trying to do something to identify or you know be part of his daughter's life because we all have well i don't know about drew but in in leo but velvet joker when you yes. were dressed in all those costumes back at the con for your kid trying to identify and get him involved with stuff i saw you doing it yeah, you know, yeah, my absolutely. kids were never my kids were never into it. They never got dressed no. up for comic stuff. But trying to be part of their world, trying to to to, to be cool and the hip dad. Mm-hmm. That's in episode mm-hmm. one, and it, it's heartbreaking to see because you go, "I was that guy. I know exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to get his daughter and him to still be buddies, though she's growing up." And it's just it's it, it makes you want to cry. That's why it's I was very- like, "This is a great show. This is a great show." 
It's very yeah, good, Steve. Um, it was great about a year ago. Uh, Logan started reciting the whole beginning of the 1970s Hulk TV show. Oh, really? And I was like, how do you know that? He goes, how do you not know how I know that? You, we watched it from when I was like four years old. You know, that Buzz Lightyear opened up a week or so ago, and all I can remember is my son Spencer dressing up as Buzz Lightyear when he was a little boy, and we had to watch the cartoons. And then my other son, Owen, was home. And I'm like, you guys want to go see the Buzz Lightyear movie? They're like, why? I go, because he used to love that guy, you know? They're like, no. But hey, hey, yeah, listen, every, every, every sibling had a, there was someone who was a Woody, and there was someone who was a Buzz. I was the Buzz, yeah. my sister was. So that's just good old sibling dynamic right there. I'll tell you, my dad took me to James Bond movies when I was little, and he was a Sean Connery fan, and I hated Sean Connery because my guy was Roger Moore because I grew up in the 70s. Right. And I thought Sean Connery was this mean old, literally this mean old man. Like, why would you like that guy? He's just angry, and this guy's fun. He's like, hello, let's have a martini and go shut the bad guys, you know. And uh, my dad hated Roger Moore. And I'm like, I could see you're trying to get your kid into the stuff you like, and it just didn't work. Thank God my kids like Star Wars, but what did they like? Jar Jar, Qui-Gon, <laughs> that was their star. I'm like, what are you doing? This sucks. You got to watch it, Luke and Han and... That's the real Star Wars. Sure. No, Mitch, my dad did the same thing. He was an old, he, his Batman was Adam West. And me, I, you know, of course I grew up appreciating that. But, yeah. you know, I'll always say, oh, this thing happened in Batman. And, you know, he'll just do, oh, you know, I remember when I'm like, oh, my God. I know, Michael Dad. Keaton, no, Michael Keaton's up my Batman. And then I think my kids is Christian Bale, you know. Yeah, so but, that's but, just the way it is, right? But, but he he was like, you, your dad, he was the one who introduced me to James Bond, uh, yeah. Star Trek. And then classic shows that when I talk to people who admittedly are a little older, and I mention, you know, things like Time Tunnel. Yeah. Um, there was out. a lot of People are like, Man, oh my God, how do, you, how do you know about that? And I'm like, my dad grew up in the 60s. This is this was his Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Aren't like, you aren't you glad though that you were exposed to all that stuff? And don't you think it honestly made you a more well-rounded, accepting person in all honesty? Mitch, I can without say that regardless of how cheesy, corny, whatever the you want to say about the writing or special effects, everything. 100% because yeah. the stories were original. The stuff was fun. You didn't need to take it too seriously. I mean, the 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 logistics of Time Tunnel are absurd, oh, but yeah. it was just it's fun totally to see where they ended up. Like they could be end up in the Old West with Billy no, the Kid. I, I, or, tell you, I tell you, I grew up in New Haven and it was just a, a, a diverse neighborhood. I went to a Catholic school, but you know, there was the Jewish synagogue over there. There was the mosque over there. There was the Baptist church over there. And you know, there's the Irish kid, the Italian kid, the Jewish kid, the, this, that. and we, everyone just, and the only common element we had is we were all kind of poor. So we didn't have much and comic books was kind of like the united uh thing that brought us together because i would trade books with each other we talk about which heroes we liked whenever but along the way you just learned all these great morality stories and you just accepted everybody and it, there was no like bigotry and there was no like racism or any of that stuff and it's so it seems like so naive to think that was all from comic books and these shows like star trek and you know, $6 million man and all that that made us be goody two-shoes. Not everybody did, but for the most majority of the people I still talked to that was a kid, we all still have the same values and we're pretty decent, normal, you know, good people. And I, I'll equate that to comics. I always say, you know what? That was the best foundation I ever had 
was being a nerd and, you know, learning about all these different worlds and cultures and all that stuff. And that's why I like watching Ms. Marvel, because I'm hoping that there's kids out there that might not be reading comics, but they watch these TV shows and they're out there going, oh, look, this is how, uh, you know, life is if you're a Pakistanian and you live in Jersey or, you know, you live over here and, you know, this and that. So hopefully it continues with the new comic fans and the science fiction fans and, you know, all the things that we learned, you know. I feel that's like comics... Off my, I'm off my soapbox there, you know. No, you're doing good. I, I, I agree with you, and I just want to conclude, and also because then I'll get off my metaphorical soapbox. Um, comics are kind of the same way as movies. Uh, no matter what your preferences are, everybody will have one that everybody loves. Yeah. And you can quote it and talk about it, and you can make quotes, and everybody will laugh, and you'll talk about your favorite moments. It's the same thing with a comic. Like, you know, you may all not like a certain character, but everybody will be like, you know what? But I did love, like, again, everybody can love a Spider-Man, but everybody mm. can love a different Spider-Man. You know, yeah. so when people are talking like, oh, this Spider-Man critical, I was like, but that's the beauty of a multiverse. There is mm -hmm. literally a Spider-Man for everybody. Even the most miserable fuck in the world has a Spider-Man that's just for him. Boom. <laughs> Done. There you go. So all you miserable fucks out there, make sure you buy your tickets to Terrificon July 29th to the 31st at Mohegan Sun. There's yeah for everybody. Kids, fanboys, miserable fucks. Yeah, come to the con. If you didn't like what you saw here, you can tell us off in person and we can just that's say, right. oh, that's your opinion, man. <laughs> We're number uh, one. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah, number one. Well, going back to the Captain America story real quick, as this was yep. the reason why we were here. Do you yes. think, and I have a lot of friends that love Captain America too, and this is weird, like you mentioned the Batman. There's a version of Captain America that's in a lot of people's heads. It's it, And it's not always the same, you know? I have some friends that think he's like this cool you know, tough World War II badass. And then there's another ones that think he's this very liberal Alan Alda type of guy in a flag, you know, you know, peace and love and all that. And then there's another one that's, he's just a depressed old man that wishes things were back the way they were in the thirties and the forties and stuff. So I, I, I kind of like them all really. It's kind of like, well, there's a different cap. He's, he's changed over the, uh, the decades and so, but this one here, I think this is the more of the World War II regretful, you know, guy, P PTSD type of soldier who's like lived through the war and, mm -hmm. you know, he's still having problems with dealing with loss and stuff like that. It's not the happy-go-lucky, the Captain America. So, I mean, if you only want to read one Captain America, if you've never read a Captain America story, this one would be a pretty good character focused, you know, who, who, who Captain America is, in my opinion. So that, I just wanted to throw that out there. I think this is a good standalone cap book and then you can go out and grab some of the other ones but right. this definitely Mitch, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because um if you're watching the boys right now they have a jensen ackles playing a captain america type character yeah and there's a part of me when i'm watching him it it's see like oh that's like a little bit more realistic of what steve rogers may have been feeling because yeah. he lived through sort of a, a little bit of a racist era and uh things at a slant so i i see where you're saying that there's all these different perceptions of how the the actual steve rogers could be after years of being captain america so it it, it really um it adds to the dichotomy of the character yeah when he was snoring Norton, uh, I don't know what it was. It's not cocaine, but it was speed or something. He's like, we were hopped up on this stuff when we were on D-Day. That's the only way we won. And then you watch it and you go, what? 
<laughs> you just kind of <laughs> ruined, ruined the, heroic, the heroics of uh, Saving Private Ryan with that one scene where he's starting blow. He's like, yeah. yeah. Uh, we Seth, high Seth and Ryan. Evan Goldberg just done a, a, a bang-up job of that show. Yeah, I mean, it was something I, else. I just want to say something that having read the book, the, the comics and everything and knowing how different the version is, while it's definitely Captain America, I kind of, I'm watching it and I'm, I feel like I'm seeing more Winter Soldier from him. Oh, yeah, especially with the trauma and the the anger i mean don't worry yeah. Steve Rogers felt it. but I, i'm definitely seeing a little less that because especially like him chasing down his his his, his um his former, his former crewmate yeah 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 yeah, I was just like, that's some Falcon Winter Soldier stuff there. But I will say this because I know we're, we're running a little long. I, I enjoyed Herogasm. And again, I'm a big boys fan. I can't wait to see Garth again, who, funny enough, I met at the same con years ago, dressed as Tommy Monaghan, one of his characters. He'll be at um, Terrificon on July 29th to the 31st. Yeah. Yes, I can't wait to, you know, um, because I know what the book does and I know there are certain things they couldn't do. I felt that the, the, the show is a little restrained. I'm going to be honest really? with you. See, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't read the book at all and i just bought the omnibus this week the volume one and is it does it follow it closely at all or is it just like it's on is it like walking dead where it's like it starts off close to the book but then they branch off and do their own deal i mean if i read the the omnibus would i recognize a lot of the story lines from the uh, show Mm-hmm. Okay, Mitch. Cause I only the best way to say this because hero, yeah, because herogasm is really hard to describe. But I, I'll give you the summation: the heroes of the boys' world go away under pretending that they're under this pretext of dealing with some outer-worldly threat to the earth. But really, they go to a hotel where they just have an all-out. Basically, that part of Herogasm is right. It's just an all-out. Right. Part. It's an all-out orgy. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally an entire hotel, and in, and you know the the and it's on a distant island. It's like the best kept secrets. Some of what we saw in the boys was pretty accurate to how that, and some of it, there are still some things that they couldn't do, which in the grand context of the boys was pretty fucking intense. Um, right. Um, well, well, Drew, real quick, it, I'll just interrupt and I'll let you finish. Um, I saw an article this week that said Amazon Prime did not have a standards and practices until they did the boys. So henceforth, why they probably couldn't do some of those things and now continue. No, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much, I've done, I've, I've quote unquote blown my load already. So, um, you hero gasmed all over. Oh yeah. It's just like mother, it's like mother's milk all over again. But but Um, is it, is it a story or is it just a shock? Is it just, is it a real, is there a good storyline going on? Like the uh, characters are developed, there's a plot, there's something happening, or is it just all out? How much more gross stuff can we throw at you? And we're just really trying to shock you. That's why I'm like, I'm struggling with the show right now because it's like, look what we did this week and we're going to top it again. It's like, okay, but is there a story here? You know? Yes. There is a story there. And even with Herogasm and, and Mitch, there are some shock moments in there. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, yeah. But but there's Garth and whomever he was collaborating, there was always a story. There was always a focus, whether it was something specific to Butcher's plans, whether it was something that Homelander was cooking up, whether it was forces that weren't even them that were in that same battlefield, there's yeah. always a story. But just, of course, to the nth degree of insanity. So okay. it's definitely worth reading. I will say that um, The Boys is still one of the best things I've watched all year. So I, I can't wait to see what the finale brings. 
I say they got two more seasons, and then we can just end it and consider it five majestic seasons of, of comic book greatness. Yeah, you don't want to become you know, the Walking Dead where you just meander and you're like, dude, you should have wrapped this up three years ago. No, oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. or the Flash. In fact, when um, they even go, this is the final season. You go, I could, I didn't even know you were still on. Oh, the Flash is like that too. Yeah. Love the Flash after the first three or four years, and then it started getting too much, and then the year-long storylines. If you weren't interested, you didn't want to continue on, and that's where they lose me or lost a lot of people, I think, because the storyline wasn't compelling enough to sit through twenty episodes. You know, right. Well, you know, walk. You're you're totally right with Walking Dead. You know, when they said final season, but now they're saying final season part two. Yeah, oh, part three in the fall, and then we got a spinoff that we're going to do. I'm like, oh, oh multiple multiple spinoffs. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. You know what? You know when it jumped the shark when they killed Carl. Once they killed Carl, because the the book wasn't even over yet. I don't think they they wrapped up Walking Dead. But when they killed Carl, I was like, well, f this show because he's the only. He was the hope that there would be some brighter day. Eventually, there's some future, no matter what. You can get rid of Rick, but you can't get rid of Carl. Once you kill Carl, the show was done. I was like, this, this is, there's no point to the show anymore. So, anyway, that's just Leo. How many of vibranium shields are we giving uh, Captain America White? Uh, I'm going to give it 4.25. 4.25. Oh, man. Okay. Drew? Um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it 4.4. It's not a perfect book, but it's a really great attestment to this team of collaborators. And I'm I'm sad that there's not more, but in my mm-hmm. mind, this is just one of the best. So like Mitch said, any Cap fan, even not a fan, this is worth the read. Even if you're just you're like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. You still read it. You give it that, that props. So nice. And uh, for myself, um, I feel like it deserves a little more than four and a quarter, but based on how I've judged in the past, not quite four and a half. So I'm going to go 4.33 for four and a third. How about you, Mitchell? I'm going to give it 4.75 because I hated waiting forever for this thing to wrap up so much. So I couldn't even remember what the story was when the other issues came. I'm like, wait, did I read that one? No, wait, I don't think I, and I bought it again. I actually have like doubles of certain issues because I'm like, I don't think I read this. Then you're reading it. Wait, I read this about a year ago. And then like, what the hell? So this was the best way to read. It was all self-contained in one thin book because waiting for it to come out was in, it was worse than the Camelot 3000 year long wait for issue 12 back in the eighties. You don't even know what that was. But. Well, that, that is the beauty of why we do this show for number one, people that don't know these stories and number two, they are now all inclusive into these nice omnibuses. So, yeah. so, so uh, Mitch, before we wrap it up, uh, you know, being new to captain America and reading, and enjoying this, What's the storyline you would recommend a new reader to move to for Captain America? Well, it's funny you should say that, Leo, because I just happen to have this brand new Captain America book. This is not a plug. I just actually got this last week when I was at the Barnes and Noble and the guy was stalking me. But it is a nice little uh, showcase of some classic Captain America. Even when I'm talking classic, I'm talking World War II first issue Captain America oh, stuff. Yeah. And then we go into some Tales of Suspense. And then we go into the Steranko era. And we go into some of the Jack Kirby. And it ends right in the beginning of the 70s. Like right there. And this, my friends, was on Amazon for about 25 bucks. So that's not a bad deal for this. No, it's not bad at all. But yeah, so if you want to give somebody a present and they just want to get in the cap, 
This is like the history of Captain America. This is a good, uh, you know, groundbreaking 101. This is definitely up there. And then, of course, we've got the other cap books that are behind me. Because I've got like every omnibus you can imagine for Captain America. I say definitely read the Winter Soldier stuff. Uh, that was great. The Captain America, the death of Captain America. The Secret Empire, the original one by Steve Englehart, is the better one. I didn't really care for the Nick Spencer one. And yeah, um, yeah and then there's, uh, you can get the, uh, what do you call it, Epic Collections. Go grab the uh, Mike Zek, uh, J.M. DeMatteis run from the 80s when he meets... Uh, Deathlock and Vermin and all that. That was a great Captain America run. So yeah, there's about four or five Captain America collections I recommend for the budding Cap fan in your life. Definitely get the Tim Sale, Jeff Loeb, White book. You'll be glad you did. Very cool. Nice. Well, uh, we'll wrap things up. I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. For me, just Google Leo Pond. You find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. But I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network. We got about 40 shows on the network. There's a ton of awesome people doing a ton of awesome stuff. So head on over to thedorkening.com. You can catch all the latest episodes there. Uh, matter of fact, we just dropped two new shows, The Dork Night and Comics Paradox. New episodes drop every Sunday at 8 a.m. And uh, so, Mitch, where do you like people interacting with you on social media? On social media, it's fine. In real life, keep away from me. I'm like a cobra <laughs> or a rattlesnake. Uh you could find me on podcasts called uh, the Power Cosmic Podcast, where me and legendary artist writer Jerry Ordway uh, eat pizza and talk about movies and TV. That's like every two weeks. We've got like 200 something episodes. Uh, I'm on a show called The Mitch and Ed's Excellent Adventure, where my friend Ed from Australia, we review old TV shows and movies from the 80s. And then you could also listen to me on the IndieCast if you're on to Indiana Jones stuff. I've been on that for 15 years now. All Indiana Jones. We got a new movie coming out, so we're getting ready again. And I think that's about it. And then you can see me on Terrificon, the website, the Twitter thing, the whatever called the Instagram. I'm about to start doing a TikTok. If I can figure out how to do it, you'll see that soon too. So Very everything good. Terrificon, I'm it. I'm the guy. Awesome. Uh, there are some apps that will allow you to upload to TikTok uh, via your computer. So you don't have to use like your phone. Oh, that's what I was trying to figure out tonight. Like, how do I do this? Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Drew. Oh, uh, it's me. Um, I'm Drew. I'm I, I do this with these guys. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I do stuff with the Dorkening. I'm very busy. I'm really looking forward to going to Terrific Con. It's the only con I'm going to this year. Um, we're going to be there. So if you want to get a photo with us and be a part of one of our crazy rants, tri uh, Dorkening, Terrific Con, Mitch Halleck, After Party, Pizza, Johnny Rocket. Ah. Later. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, this was another great show. Uh, you guys know me as Rich Davis on Facebook, uh, Velvet Joker 2021 on the gram. Uh, you can catch me here every Tuesday night on the award-winning Splash Pages with Leo and Drew. It was great having Mitch tonight. Always nice seeing an old friend. And we cannot wait to see you in four weeks at your super production of Terrificon at the Mohegan Sun last weekend of August. Get your no, tickets now. No. What are you saying? Oh, July, July. I'm sorry. 
That's what it used to be, didn't it? Mitch, time yeah, to go to sleep. Be, used to be See, that's why I'm not your marketing guy. I'm not on the intern team. No, it used to be uh, August, and then we got pushed back to the end of July because a certain other big convention in New England, Boston, took my dates, and I didn't want to have a pissing contest with them mm-hmm. because, honestly, we have the same vendors. We have the same fans, and you, you don't want to be a dick. And you go, okay, I'll move back when you do that. So. No. I'm the better man, the bigger man. I just go ahead. It's all you, good. You have that. I'll take this. There's enough fans for all of us. You know. We try to make it all peaceful. God, if you people knew the behind-the-scenes drama of the con world, you'd be like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Oh, I, I have. Stay tuned ideas. for Mitch's book in three years from. Yeah, now. that's the title of it. Actually, are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> Because in the end, of it, at the end of it, boys and girls, we're just trying to make people have three days of fun fandom, just to go meet people, buy some books, toys. That's all. Oh yeah. Well, it's not like considering the state of the world, Mitch, we need it. So yeah. it's not Thank like you. we're trying to destroy another country or anything, or you know, take over the world. It's just about having comic book fun. Yes, creating some great memories. Well, more <sighs> fun later. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Peace out. Bye, everyone. He's a good one. Though.